Welcome to HealthCast, the heartbeat of health IT. I'm Alexander Bolova, production lead at GovCIO Media and Research. With me today is staff writer researcher, Nikki Henderson. Hi, Nikki. Hello there, Alex. You recently had the opportunity to chat with Mike Tartakovsky, CIO at NIAD. For our listeners who don't know, what is NIAD? Yes, Alex, NIAD stands for the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Gotcha. And, you know, NIAD didn't get the exact same attention as the CDC did during the COVID-19 pandemic. But I am checking our archives and not only did we have Mike Tartakovsky appear on a health cast before? His last episode was published on July 14th, 2020. So not only was that three years ago, it's three years ago to the day of when we are recording this intro. Wow, that's uh, a pretty neat fact. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, it's just crazy how much time has passed and just how different the world is since we last talked with Mike. So I'm really interested in this conversation that you had just because it's going to be a whole different perspective than the last time we chatted with him. Yes, that is very interesting. That is very interesting. So getting into your recent conversation with Mike, I know that NIAD has its clinical genomics program. Did you talk about the progress being made there as well as some of the challenges? Yes, Mike highlighted both. He talked about the progress of the clinical genomics program. Mike said that the program is actually giving researchers more access to genome sequencing data and things like family medical history. He also said the program um, is helping tie that clinical data or provide more access to the clinical data for each patient. And the program is uh, allowing NIAD to store that genomic data separately in the system and better, better connect the patient to that data. So those were some of the good things in the progress they are making with the program. He did talk about an ongoing challenge that NIAD is seeing with the clinical genomics program. He said, keeping up with the new version of external reference data has been uh, a challenge for them. And also just software to incorporate the new types of data and also software to incorporate the new types of data has also been a challenge. So the program is making progress, but they are still trying to uh, tackle some of the challenges with um, the external reference data and just other new types of data. Gotcha. I know that it is all very scientific. And I'm sure if I were to see it in person, it would be very boring. But for some reason, I keep thinking about the end of Indiana Jones, like they're just being this giant warehouse full of boxes of genomic data, which I guess is why we have fancy computers. So we don't have to have those boxes. Exactly. That would just be very um, intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, what did Mike say he was really excited about when it comes to future IT initiatives? One thing that Mike was really excited about was this NIAD is developing currently right now, developing a bio visualization laboratory. And this laboratory, this new laboratory will utilize virtual reality tools, augmented reality tools that will help their scientists see the biological process actually from an entirely different perspective. So they will be able to manipulate some of those really complex biological structures and be able to see things that they normally wouldn't see. So he is really, uh, Mike is really excited about this laboratory and they are, you know, working on launching that relatively soon. So that was the highlight that he talked about. So AI comes up every single interview at this point, and I take it that Mike's conversation was no exception? Of course not, Alex. Um, that is the hot topic right now, AI. And Mike said NIAD is seeing many benefits from AI, actually all types of AI. He mentioned natural language processing and deep learning. And he said AI, all these types of AI are helping them in just so many ways with their overall research and really helping to advance science. Um, NIAD is currently utilizing machine learning to develop a custom software. AI is also helping them administer like big portfolios of grants. And he said it's been very helpful. AI has been very helpful to their scientific review officers and helping them eliminate the possibility of the conflict of interest among uh, their reviewers. So he really got into some detailed information about how AI is really, um, really benefiting them on many fronts. Well, I don't want to step on Mike's toes by trying to summarize what he said. So let's take a listen to your conversation. Mike, do you mind introducing yourself and just giving a brief description of your role at the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases? Sure, Nikki. It's my pleasure uh, to introduce myself and more importantly, the institute I have an honor to work for many years. I'm Mike Tartakovsky. I'm a Chief Information Officer for the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, part one of the 27 institutes at uh, and National Institutes of Health. Uh, I'm also a director of the Office of Cyber Infrastructure and Computational Biology for NIAZ. And our institute is specializing on um, studying infectious diseases and allergy. Uh, in order to improve knowledge uh, and uh, improve health for the American people. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Mike. Well, I wanted to know, can we start off by talking about some of the technological efforts NIAD has launched to help researchers access and share infectious disease data? Uh, Nikki, it's a great question to start with. It's a loaded question. 
Uh, the data sharing is probably one of the most important uh, things uh, in the post-COVID world. Uh, you know, I recorded a podcast with you back uh, a few years ago during the height of pandemic. And at that point, I believe I said that this is... Uh, the first time when I really see the desire of people to share the data and to communicate uh, more than ever before. So in order to help with that, uh, technology, of course, coming to the forefront. And we deployed a lot of tools uh, recently, as well as expanded on the tools that were previously accessible to researchers all around the globe. Uh, we have a big uh, program for study tuberculosis. That's a CB portals uh, program. We deployed the new repository uh, to show the clinical data that uh, from the studies that NIAID sponsors, access clinical data at nid.nih.gov. Uh, we have a new effort for the adjuvant database. Um, by the, the international database for the antimicrobial peptides, and the list go on and on. Those kind of specialized uh, repositories. However, we're also heavily promoting the use of the generalist repositories, such like uh, Figshare, Dryad, Harvard Data Wars, etc. The list going on and on. So uh, I cannot even name uh, all all of them. Thank you for highlighting the repositories. I really appreciate that. Well, how important is collaboration when it comes to creating a more refined and comprehensive approach to research initiatives? Absolutely critical. Okay, the uh, work uh, today is being done by teams. Very often, these teams are uh, not uh, in the same physical facility. In many cases, especially when it's talking about studying infectious diseases, the teams are in the different countries and on the different continents. So it is absolutely critical for the technology organizations to enable that collaboration between the teams uh, and uh, that hopefully uh, leads to the better research results. Okay. That uh, makes perfect sense. Well, Mike, when it comes to the uh, cybersecurity and securing NIAID's data, what tools or best practices are being implemented to protect the agency's network and prevent data compromise? So the NIAID implementing the tools uh, that are guided by the Federal Information Security Management Act and we are trying, we're complying with the NIST standards that uh, for the data for the data protection. Um, you need to understand that NIH, a National Institute of Health, is a federated organization, and in many cases, the security, especially perimeter security, to NIH is managed by the Center for Information Technology. That's a central services organization for technology at the National Institutes of Health. So, in addition to what I mentioned, 
uh, NID implemented encryption on all of our databases, both at rest and uh, when the data is in transfer. We are implementing two-factor authentication for the most uh, sensitive resources that we have. And we are in the process of implementing zero trust as required by the presidential directive. Okay, great. Well, Mike, I would like uh, for you to talk a little bit about NIAID's clinical genomics program. I just want to know what progress has been made with this program, and can you also address some of the challenges? I can talk about this, uh, certainly. Uh, it's one of the very important programs to us that we started uh, back in uh, 2014, 2015. Okay, and uh, the initial vision for that uh, program was to build a patient-oriented tool that would give researchers access to genome sequencing data, phenotypic data, pedigree and family medical history, clinical data for each patient in one location. And we also wanted to make sure that uh, they will have ability to query the genomic data for variants related to their disorder and identify the variant likely causal for that disorder. One of the most important aspects of Greece, uh, that's how we refer to our genomic research information system, uh, what uh, was essential to its success uh, was the data sharing model. Uh, rather than keeping data for each lab in a separate silo, we were able to facilitate agreement among the investigators to share all genomic and phenotype data uh, in the system. To promote transparency among researchers who access data for patients in other labs, genomic and phenotypic data is stored separately in the system and actions that connect those data for a patient are locked for the primary investigators responsible for the patient. This data sharing model allowed any user to search for patients of interest based on phenotype and genotype, and um, then to collaborate with other researchers in NIZ. And um, uh, that kind of ensured this success, that vision ensured the success uh, of, this, uh, of this program. Grace now is working to uh, establish a lab key, which is a popular off-the-shelf uh, software for medical records, and uh, is a very powerful new tool for users to reference and analyze their genomic data. Uh, it will also enhance our ability to connect to other databases. Um, challenges, well, one of the biggest challenges that we're having uh, now uh, is well, if I can joke about this, we are victims of our own success uh, with this uh, program. Uh, now, um, many other institutes uh, at NIH uh, want to join this program and actually joined uh, that program. We now host the data for, from the nine, nine, nine different uh, institutes. However, um, Institutes or many institutes have a separate standard for storing the phenotypical information and clinical protocol data. Uh, and that's required us to um, do some customizations uh, in order to accommodate those institutes. 
So um, that's one of the biggest challenge uh, that uh, uh, we see these days. Um, the other ongoing challenge here uh, probably is keeping up with a new version of the external reference data and software. Incorporating new types of data. Uh, we recently incorporated structural variants into Greece, uh, but it's been almost a two-year effort. So other types of data that have not yet incorporated, but uh, we, we are working towards those uh, that includes uh, pharmacogenomics uh, data, okay? Um, so th 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 things like this. So successful system is great, very successful, uh, but challenges are growing proportionally to the success. Mm, I see, well- From probably too long, right? <laughs> no, no, that's perfect. I, I appreciate you discussing the progress, but also, um, highlighting those uh, challenges as well with it. But I'm glad that overall, it, it does seem to be, uh, from what I hear, a great success. So thank you for that, Mike. Well, what are some of NIAD's IT priorities? And are there any upcoming initiatives that you're really excited about? Uh, many of them, uh, Nikki, uh, many of them. So, um, you know, I very often speak of the uh, modern uh, IT organizations and the mission of the IT organizations being threefold. You know, one of them is to support, uh, which is a classic IT. Uh, another one is to enable. But uh, most importantly, and uh, I'm very proud that in NIT, IT were uh, able to establish uh, that uh, faucet of the mission is to advance the scientific body of knowledge. So everything that we are doing in IT is going through the prism, you know, how we can either support, enable, or advance the mission of the organization. And uh, from that perspective, there are a couple initiatives that I really would like to highlight. So one of the uh, new initiatives that uh, we are uh, developing right now, and uh, it's uh, near production, near launch, is what we call biovisualization laboratory. So BioVis Lab uh, using the tools that uh, virtual reality tools, augmented reality tools, or generally we can talk about uh, perhaps extended uh, reality uh, tools, to enable our scientists uh, to see biological processes from the completely different uh, set of eyes, if you want, uh, utilizing virtual reality, manipulating with complex biological structures that allows them to see what you cannot see using any other uh, means. We recently redesigned uh, the three-dimensional print, 3D print uh, website to uh, also add uh, the virtual reality, extended reality tools, uh, that uh, and uh, that site freely available to the JO public to uh, get blueprints uh, from our three-dimensional models as well as to download the 
videos that uh, hopefully will help them to understand the interactions of these uh, uh, structures. One of the biggest challenges uh, for the IT these days is uh, cryo-electron microscopy in science. This is uh, the uh, tools the, uh, that uh, are extremely important, uh, critically important, I would say, in the vaccine design. And uh, uh, cryo-EM was critically important for developing uh, COVID mRNA vaccines uh, so quickly. So uh, we are working with our scientists to have a better repository for the cryo-EM. We created a software that is, a, we called it Hedwig, which is a storefront for previewing and collaborating on and sharing enormous cryo-EM data. Mm -hmm. So that's just to name a few of the initiatives that may be of interest uh, to you and uh, your listeners. Wow. Well, that all sounds very exciting, Mike. There's a lot going on. It is on exciting. <laughs> and, and I like to hear you about the biovisualization laboratory. That seems very interesting. So indeed, a lot to look forward to. So, um, Mike, before we conclude, I just wanted to know, do you have any final comments or remarks that you would like to leave with our listeners? Um, so I'm surprised you didn't ask anything about artificial intelligence. Okay, so, uh, but I can put it into final remarks. Well, well if you want, <laughs> I, I apologize. That's no, no, it's just, it, 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 it just that, interesting, but... you know. Right. It, 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 Please it's just interesting. If you want to to talk about that, especially if you want to take this opportunity, I would love to hear what you have to say about artificial intelligence. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of hype about artificial intelligence uh, right now, uh, primarily generated uh, with a generative generative AI that is uh, now widely available and creates a lot of concerns. Uh, uh, both ethical and from the perspective of uh, how the data is being used. However, people are forgetting about the other types of the artificial intelligence, like a traditional AI, natural language processing, computer vision, uh, deep learning. So, uh, and uh, in uh, the type of the research that we are doing, those are extremely important uh, areas and important, extremely important uh, artificial intelligence tools that we will continue to implement and uh, uh, hopefully that will advance uh, the science. Okay, do you have any specific examples, like more specific examples of how AI is helping um, the research at, at NIAD? Uh, well, yes, we can. I can give you a few specific examples. You know, with the natural language processing, uh, we are able to uh, look for the conflict of interest among our reviewers. So it's not necessarily a research per se, but one of the mission of the organization is to administer a big portfolio of the grants. So that's uh, helpful. Uh, to our scientific review officers, which uh, eliminates the possibility of the conflict of interest uh, among our reviewers. We're working on the expansion of the natural language processing uh, tools into other areas. 
one of the examples that I can give you, which uh, perhaps will be of interest to my colleagues. So as a part of the FITARA, CIOs are required to review a lot of investments. And uh, very often, uh, we don't know if uh, that particular investment have any IT component or not. So we utilize machine learning to develop a custom software here that looks at the statement of works and then uh, provides its expert opinion if uh, this particular acquisition has to be reviewed under the FITARA regulation or not which is uh, very helpful personally for me, as well as for the OCIO staff. Okay, perfect. Well, that, that sounds great. And I appreciate you talking about AI and also shedding some positive light because I know that recently AI has been getting some negative press, I would say. But thank you for showing and, well, and talking about how beneficial it can be overall and, and especially to your agency, to NIAD. So thank you for that. Well, Mike, I want to tell you that I, I really did enjoy our discussion and I really appreciate you taking out time to speak with me today. I, I really do. My pleasure, Nikki. Always glad to talk to you and the Gov CIO folks. Thank you, Nikki. As always, it's great to hear from Mike Tartakovsky when he joins us for HealthCast. And I guess I'm just going to put it on the books now that I uh, will schedule another interview for July 14. 14- 2026. What do you what do you think you're going to be doing in 2026? Uh, I'm not sure. I just I can't think that far ahead, actually. Neither can I. I think it's a fake year um, and I'll believe it when I see it. But before we start predicting the future, Nikki, any last thoughts or takeaways? Data, data, data is is what I think of when I think about this conversation. NIAD just has so many things in the works right now with how they're sequencing data, making clinical data more accessible. And when Mike was talking about this biovisualization laboratory and just all the great outcomes it's going to produce and how it's going to help their researchers and their scientists with collaborating on data as well as sharing that data. I mean, that is just, that's a really cool thing. And so I can't wait for that to be launched and to follow up with him. And that it's just, just something really exciting for them right now. So I'm excited too. (laughs) Data, data, data. If that isn't the refrain of every episode that we have recorded, I don't know what is, but obviously it is so important and needs to continue to be discussed because, yeah, it's the way of the future. Well, Nikki, thank you so much. We'll be back with a brand new HealthCast in two weeks. But until then, you can go to our website, govciomedia.com, to explore our full archive as well as our Cancer HealthCast miniseries. And if you like what you heard, please leave a review and a five-star rating on the podcast platform of your choice. I'm Alexander Bolova. And I'm Nikki Henderson. Thank you for listening. HealthCast 
along with GovCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.